Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashwine from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Kyle Davis, Lewiston, Maine. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Aloha, this is Rick Rodriguez from the Big Island of Hawaii. Aloha. Cheryl here, coming to you from the Big Island of Hawaii, where we have lots of beautiful waterfalls, rainbows, and a live volcano. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. I wanted to talk a little bit about integration, how we're integrating the chapters and what we've learned in the chapters. We only have two more chapters left, but we've gone through chapters one through eight. Chapter one was touching on our material world. Chapter two was looking at our skills, finding what skills we have, and learning what skills we want to have. Chapter 3 was about finding a mentor or someone who has the skills we want to learn. Chapter 4, that led to finding our themes and our, or you can say patterns in our timeline. The choices and changes that we want to make. And even those parts of that timeline that were blind to us before, and now that we have spotted them, what changes? have we decided to make. Chapter 5 touched on relationship with ourselves and others. Chapter 6, you get what you pay for. We did lots of mental laundry, that concept of forgiveness. Chapter 7, pricing the priceless. We now realize there's a cost for everything in life. Chapter 8, BBCs or personal-based contracts. So that's how far we've gotten in the book. Now 
we're going to take a look at in the chapters with what we've learned. How have we integrated what we're learning? Have we made any of those changes? Guess I'll start with myself, and I will tell you what I'm doing today based on the journey that I'm taking. I know that I've made changes, and they've been so major that sometimes I felt like I was in a whirlwind because I didn't even realize that some of those changes were taking place. <laughs> I sometimes felt like, wow, is this chaos coming in? Or is this actually because I'm going through these changes, I am just taking it a step at a time, allowing that to happen for myself. Some of the changes that I made, for example, added a skill. So chapter two, I added audio. I realized that the time and effort it takes to edit an audio and do a good, tight job on it, I never realized how much time and effort it takes to do an audio, to edit it out and really make a good audio. And so looking at Chapter 7, Pricing the Priceless, now I see the cost for doing it, how much it really does take that time and that effort. There is a price for it. I looked at that and I was amazed because I never realized how much time and effort it takes to really clean up the audio and do a good job with it. I never knew how much that would cost for myself and for if I were to, let's just say, use that skill and market it. I'm also doing things like I'm spending more time listening to our Team Seekers as well as Team Clarity audio so that I can really integrate some teaching skills for myself and get more clarity because I want to be more focused on the topics that we discuss. So I've been doing that. That was a major change. I made a decision that I want to attract more quality relationships to me and not just quantity. So all of this rewiring was like, whoa, it just, it just took place and it felt like a whirlwind at times. But at other times, I saw the magic in actually allowing that to happen for myself. Another thing that I do is I have a teacher's journal that I keep for myself now. Because I want to focus on teaching. I really want that for my life. So now that you've heard what I've done and how my journey in integrating everything that I've learned and what I'm doing to change, make those changes for myself and how I'm integrating in this what I've learned. If anybody has a story that they'd like to share of a time that you integrated what you learned and what did you do? I have noticed since taking this class and changing my perspectives and everything else that my stories that I used to tell are no longer relevant. I've realized that they were negative and they the perspective was wrong. Now that I changed the perspective on them, they're just not a good story anymore. <laughs> it used to be that they were negative and I was focusing on the negative. But now if I start to tell one of my old stories, I stop and I think, no, this isn't a good story to tell and this isn't a good story, a good way to tell it. My perspective has changed. Some of the stories I don't even tell anymore because they don't pertain anymore. It, they were not really feel sorry for me stories, but stories that 
you just move on from. You don't dwell on them. So that was one of my big things, being able to stop and realize what I'm saying to people. They don't want to hear that stuff. So, Cheryl, have you ever thought, is there a way I can take that type of a story and turn it around and make it a story of hope, a different twist on it for others? Some of them I can, and some of them I've just had to drop. Like the ones that I felt that I was used, and the ones that I felt that people did me wrong. Those aren't stories of people doing me wrong. I let those things happen to me. Now that I've taken the class, I realize that. I put that out there, and I let those people use me, and I let them do those wrong things to me. I've realized that my actions are what make a story turn out the way it is. And you're relating that to you get what you pay for. Oh, absolutely. Everything you put out there is... If you're going to go out and do bad stuff then, and, and keep telling people bad stuff, then that's what you're going to hear, too, back. And so, yeah. Cheryl, you've learned how to release through all that. After you learned that, you started releasing, correct? Yep, releasing and realizing that I didn't need to be in that space anymore. Taking account for my own action. Like a story that somebody used me or did something like that, I realized, take account for my own actions and those people would not have used me or did the wrong thing to me if I was more aware. The awareness and the balance and stuff like that, it's just amazing how much it's changed. I looked at my timeline and saw times when I felt used and I realized the same thing and then I realized, wow, I had not created boundaries. That right. was something I had not done. So that was a good lesson for me. So Cheryl, thank you so much for that and can you please pass the ball to somebody now? How about Chris? Oh, I think it's boiling down to I don't really argue with people anymore. I'm not confrontational. I've also realized I don't even want to waste my time arguing with someone or what they should or shouldn't be doing. I've learned to shut my mouth, and that's helped me a lot. Just be quiet and don't waste my energy on people who don't want to see or become aware of things. Just like Rick, I could hear Rick saying the same thing. I don't go into that vibration anymore where I have to confront someone on something because... If I'm making somebody feel bad and I don't know it, then that's not right. Even though I may feel justified, it's still not right. So I've just learned to be more tolerant and shut up because it's a very important skill. Like Cheryl said, I don't need to go there. I don't need to put myself in an argumentative position that's going to create a fight. So you really related with Chapter 5. Yep. That and you get what you pay for. Five and, and, uh, five and six. Yep, five and six, big time. And also four, when I was looking at my patterns, I pulled out my timeline. Look at this. What could you be doing differently? And you've also touched on the fact that you realize that you don't have control over other people. Mm-hmm. I don't need that ego trip anymore. Actions will speak louder than words. It taught me a lot of humility, humbleness to not open my mouth. Perfect. All yep, right, thanks. Chris, can you toss that ball to someone else? Calling Dr. Rick Rodriguez. Thank you for those blessings, Chris. Yeah, man. The biggest thing that hit me was when I got to the timeline, and then I started to look at how scattered my energy was. And uh, having two black belts, I always think that I'm focused in everything. 
all the stuff I was doing online and all the stuff I was doing offline and all the responsibilities that I had and I was being so unproductive. I just started like deleting things. <laughs> And it all whittled down to me just getting more organized and focused on the things that I love to do. I was making no money when I came into this course. And I was basically deleting my savings. I don't have that much bills. The money that I paid for, pay me what I'm worth for the first couple months, I, I really didn't have at the time because that was money allocated for something else. That, it's not that it was a lot of money or anything like that. But what I learned is, from the whole experience, is to stay more focused on the things that I enjoy. I turned it around from this course, from making no money to making a substantial income in, like, five months. Just by focusing on the things that I love to do and that I want to do. Another thing I learned is to not allow people to drag you into a hole. Like... I find that a lot of the promoters on the internet and stuff like that, they're just blowing hot air. And they don't walk the walk. If they can't, which is my opinion, and that's my judgment coming out or my analyzing, if they don't walk the walk, well, it doesn't make really any sense for me to even talk to them. That's how I feel. But that's what I learned from Pay Me What I'm Worth, I mean. Uh, it was a relearning process of all the things that I learned over the past 58 years, really. It reminded me of so many things. Thank you for that. Wow, Rich, I just want to touch basis on a few oh. things with what you've said. Sure. You have done a lot of work, and you really did take all those steps to make those changes. It really did make a change in your life, what I'm hearing. You went from making no money to having some money. Not having money, making an income, and having a savings, and being able to pay my bills. Yes. <laughs> That's that awesome. makes a hell of a lot of difference. I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but to me, it's always been, look, I'm a United States veteran, okay? I don't want shit from this country. I put my life on the line for this country. I don't want thanks. I don't want nothing from this country. I don't want food. I don't want a pension. I don't want social security. I want them to leave me alone. And... <laughs> And pay me what I'm worth, like, hit that thing home right there. You know? Like, yeah. damn. For me, to do that is to be independent, find my own two feet, and find the things that I like to do and make money with them. And then after that, the stress went away. It took so much stress away from me. That Just that little part where, hey, I can feed myself. I can take care of my family now. I have the proper focus and the, the drive and stuff like that where I'm good. And keep moving forward and expanding and learning is important, too. So. I think so, too. Expanding and learning. I think those are key words. To keep growing, to keep learning and expanding. That is something that a lot of people might just cut off once they think they've learned it all. As I've gone through this journey, I realize what I've learned, I actually am taking a second look at. Different perspective. I have to say to myself, wow, do I really know anything? Maybe I do and maybe I don't, but I'm going to keep expanding and going through the changes that I need to go through just to be who I am, just, just to enjoy my life because that's what I enjoy. I enjoy learning about myself. I enjoy learning about others. I enjoy learning and expanding. So thank you, Rick. You want to pass the ball to somebody? Yes, I would like to pass the ball to the beautiful, talented Prashetta.
Well, thank you, Rick. I have learned a lot. My problem now is to put into practice what I learned. I, I've learned that people have taken advantage of me over the years. I still don't know why they have. I still don't feel like I've really accomplished what I need to accomplish, but I've just got to work on that part. I was listening to Cheryl. She said that she had learned some of the things that she had done to to cause people to take advantage of her. Somehow I can't put my finger on exactly what it is I did, and that's what I got to try to research. I've avoided doing the timeline because I felt like it might be too much trouble, might, be, might bring back too many memories. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and try that and see if that brings any light to anything. I think for most all of us that have done the timeline, we saw the beauty in doing the timeline. And I think if you will consider really taking a look and doing a timeline, you're going to find the same answers that you're looking for right there in that timeline. And then you can take your releasing, the forgiveness, the mental laundry that you've been more or less trying to figure out why this happened. And it's time to let that go and just do some mental laundry with it. And the timeline was beautiful. It was a beautiful way to do it. To really find out what is it that bothers me still. When I look at that timeline, there's probably areas that bother me still. When I look at those areas, what is it about that area that I can change, that I can release, and just let it go? I guess the more ideas how to do the timeline, I guess that's what's holding me up. When I did my timeline, there was a lot of tears, especially when it came to failed intimate relationships. One thing I will suggest to you is just allow the feelings to come out. Because what tool did you use, Chris? I sat down. I used cardboard, scissors and sticky notes, and a markers, and I wrote down, I split my timeline into four categories, and I decided to do the relationship one first, because it was the most painful. Okay. Okay? It was the hardest one to do, because I knew that I was going to have to shut the ego up and admit certain failures. So, for me, Brigetta, it was all about just putting the ego to rest and taking those experiences as horrible as they were and realizing that they're actually blessings because of what I learned from them. It's very hard to see that at first. When you're going through that stuff in your mind, it's so hard to see what's on the other side of it. But I just kept doing it and I eventually came to pass like, wow, pay me what I'm worth really starting to dig into my gray matter. And then I started to change. A chapter four is when I really started to shift. And the paradigms shifted. And the, and the cobwebs were starting to get thinner and thinner. And I realized I do have control over what I bring into my life. I'm not a victim of circumstance. And that I can change things about myself so history does not repeat itself. That's one of the ways I coped with it. Was doing that aspect of the timeline first and putting to rest all releasing all that negativity and it don't get me wrong it wasn't easy it wasn't easy at all for me Thanks, it's hard okay. to talk about too sometimes still but yeah yeah you're welcome Brigetta, you. actually being able to see your life as it laid out in front of you 
all those memories. And then you will notice the memories or the things you really are not having an easy time understanding. And that's where you get the pattern that you really need to release for yourself. Because that's how it works for me, too. And for Chris, obviously. So. Yeah, I'm going to try that and see how far you with that. Is okay. You know yeah. how I started, Bridgetta? That was the biggest thing, how to decide how to start. I just had the long piece of paper. I think in the book it said four feet long, five feet long. And I started at one end of it a line, a straight line at one end and a straight line at the other and broke it up into 10-year segments. Well, when you got 75 years, how do you break it up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do 10 years. You'd only have seven and a half spaces. And then you just take 10 years, start when you started earning money. So start that year. Say it was you were 20 or something. You know, Start mm-hmm. there. And I just made the big piece of paper. It was like a big graph. And I just put 10-year segments. And then I started with the easy ones, not like Chris. He picked the hard. I started with the easy ones, and I knew, okay, jobs. I just started with jobs and then other easy ones, finances and stuff like that, and just filled one line at a time and put it on there. Hmm. But it worked really good to block it in 10-year segments because then you know, yeah. yeah. It worked. That was my way to start. It was the easiest way to start. Exactly. And you don't have to be perfect in remembering dates either. A rough estimate is fine. Because you're not going to look at your timeline and go, uh, what was that date? You aren't looking at it for that. You're looking at it to see situations, circumstances, people in your life. How your health was at that time. How your your finances were. So you can see your peaks and your valleys throughout your life. That's what it's for. To see those yep. patterns. I'm going to give it a stab at what I can do with it. Okay. <laughs> and Bridgetta, can you pass the ball to someone? Yes. I am. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bridgetta. That was beautiful. I got a, a 14 things have come up, but I'm going to narrow it to one. <laughs> um, the timeline example sparked a bunch more for me. Thank you, guys. Biggest one for me has been from Chapter 8. Before, pay me what I'm worth, performance-based contracts. I treated them like stay as far away from that stuff as possible. My notion about contracts were that they were out to get me. They were my enemy. They weren't in my favor ever. Anytime I signed a contract and didn't know exactly what it said, it meant I was putting myself in a position to get somehow to get taken advantage of. And so I really treated performance-based contracts as victim from a victim standpoint. And then I looked at my timeline and I realized I had played victim a lot in my life. And that was another example of that was that it came up in the performance-based contracts. And I went back and I looked into the timeline and went, whoa, look at that. <laughs> it was, it's been really interesting since this chapter has come up. I've had three opportunities to take a new approach to really explore the performance-based contract. And I've got three examples here. I created a contract for a teacher who's teaching a class for NSDF. I created the contract and it was mutual. I mean, it was like, we created it together, so it was mutually beneficial, and that was a whole new light. It was a win-win-win. 
was a win for her, a win for NSDF, and a win for all the students and all the people that get to take that course in the future. And then one of the things that I used to think about with jobs was it was this trading time for money, and it was always very one-sided. And what's interesting is that although I see that I'm, I'm trading my time and skill and energy for dollars per hour, what's changed in me is I realized that I'm creating something. I'm creating stability. I'm creating income stability. And that that's a great gift for me. And it's a great gift for my daughter. And it's also a great gift and opportunity for me to reach out, enhance, and then further along, like, really, really important relationships in my life. I've had breakfast with my 21-year-old every day for the last week and a half. It's been beautiful. I'm so grateful for it. So that's been a huge shift. The other contract that came up that I signed this last week was a non-compete agreement. I used to think that that was all about, yeah, these employers, they don't want you to learn something and then go and benefit from it. And that's not the case. I totally got what it meant. It meant these guys have worked their butts off to develop these cool things. I get the opportunity to benefit from those and apply my skills and talents to them. It would not be fair to that system that they've created if I went and shared it with another competitor. That's not fair. I can understand it from both ends. I kind of benefit from that agreement, too, because I don't find myself in legal trouble down the road. And so I'm totally seeing contracts differently because I'm exploring performance-based contracts. Also, there was one other contract. I told this story with you guys. You guys watched it unfold where I wrote this out. I wrote out income stability is my goal. And then I wrote out how am I going to find income stability? And the goal was to get a job. And so when we started this chapter, the contract with myself is to create income stability. That was the contract. And how am I going to do that? And I stepped it out. I'm going to go interview for this job, and I'm going to get the job, and I'm going to start working, and I'm going to make some choices about how great it's going to be to have rewards. I'm going to find more opportunities to reward myself. I just applied the performance-based contract to this notion of income stability, this this desire for that, this desire for the, that, that, that be, to be my ground base. Decided, yep, getting a job, and the next one week and the next seven days later, I'm starting a job that I actually feel good about, that's huge to me. I've never done that before. I've certainly never been done at that speed in my life before. It brought a bigger picture to me. The bigger picture was that when I make contracts that feel good to me with myself and with others, it helps me personally to expand, but it also helps me to really understand my value, my worth to myself, my worth to the universe, my work to everybody on that, that I get to be in contact with and that they get to be in contact with me. I understand my ripple better. Wow. That's fantastic. And congratulations, David. I also see that you, you looked at your reality. You realized what you wanted. You made those changes. And you did it in such a grace and style that you amazed yourself. <laughs> That's awesome. I know that at that that same exploration can be applied to every single thing Absolutely. in my life. Now I totally see there is no ceiling. There's no yeah. ceiling to the, to the, and that possibilities are completely endless based on desires, based on, for me, it's based on who do I want to help uh-huh. <laughs> and why. I can get real strong on that.
Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, David. Thank you so much. Can you toss the ball? I'm going to choose cream. I can think of two really prominent ways. I'll start with a story of when I first came into this course and what I was doing with my life. I was analyzing the crap out of everything, but I didn't know it. I thought I was actually exploring. <laughs> what I would do if something bad happened or something I didn't like happened, if I would have an argument with somebody, if something didn't work, if something that my job didn't work, or if I didn't feel good that one day, I'd sit and analyze, well, maybe the universe is punishing me. Maybe the chips are down for no good reason and something I did. What can I do? Why, why, why? I would ask a million questions. I would never find any answers. I would just keep analyzing, keep analyzing. Oh, there has to be the answer out there somewhere, and I'm going to find it. And what I really did was I drove myself slightly crazy because I, I took on so much, and I really didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. And then when I actually started to take a look inside and, and start just looking at how other people were interacting, just exploring, having fun, not worrying about all the little circumstances in life, just enjoying life, I started saying, oh, this is what exploring is. And then instantly, I would actually say even overnight, it just kind of hit me like an aha moment. And I became better at public speaking. <laughs> and I won a few trophies at my Toastmasters contest. I was able to write better music with my band. I get easier relationships now with everybody in my family, my friends, my girlfriend. It's just easier now to try different opportunities. I've learned so much. I learned video editing. I'm making videos. I'm like, well, where did this come from? Building websites. Just figuring out everything I thought back in the past. Oh, that's too hard to learn. Got to learn A, B, and C. Analyze, analyze, analyze. And now I feel a whole lot more confident. I feel a whole lot more knowledgeable. And mainly, I just dive into stuff now. It's not really a big thing of sitting there and trying to figure out all the little ins and outs. And another point to tack on to that was before this course, because I got some bad programming, I used to think, oh, all these talents I have, all these skills I have, I can't charge for them. There's something wrong with that. I didn't know what was wrong with it. It just felt wrong. Oh, I have to ask money for a service. <laughs> what in the world? How do I have the audacity to do this? And funny enough, even after pay me what I'm worth, after a few months, I'm like, no, I can't charge. I just, you want a website, I'll give it to you free. You want a video, I'll give it to you for free. Whatever you want, free, free, because I felt so much guilt about actually putting a price tag on something and giving to it. And even though I still help my friends out, funny enough, I still try and tack a little bit of a charge onto something. And I remember one day, I was telling Francis, like, don't worry, I'll give you your book, you don't have to worry about it, since you want to be in the book club, it's no big deal. She actually yelled at me and said, Kareem, you're worth something, stop trying to give everything away for free. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, maybe that is a terrible idea. And now I... I'm trying a little bit on JVZoo. I'm not going to say, like, I'm doing amazing, but I'm noticing those affiliate marketers that aren't afraid to put a product on there and upsell some people, and I've been learning how to do that. And eventually, I know that 
I'll create a lot of different streams of income. I'll, I'll charge my friends for websites. I'll charge people for the videos me and Chris are making, and I won't feel bad about it because I'm doing a service for somebody. I'm taking time out of my life, all these skills I got from exploring. Might as well actually ask for money because that's how the real world works. I think the universe is saying, hey, maybe if you want the money, you could actually charge them for the service. Imagine that. Those are the two big things that have hit me throughout this course. Okay, thank you, Kareem. Carl of Davis, you're up, bruh. Finding my worth. All my life, I, I never thought I was worth anything. And as Kareem is sitting there saying about all the things that he's given away for free, I really appreciate Kareem. He has really been there when I needed him the most. I've changed my patterns of expectations because I always automatically would assume if someone was supposed to do something for me that I figured they should do it. And I've integrated the idea that an expectation is not written in a piece of paper. I integrated that. I also integrated my work because I didn't think I had any work. And I now know I have worth. And it's not monetary worth, it's mental worth. So I've integrated that into my life as thinking that I am somebody now rather than nobody. And that what I do is worth something to other people. I never thought I would do that, but that's something that I did. I integrated that into my life. You can't always expect people to do that unless you have an agreement written on a piece of paper. And I've integrated that into my life about the difference between expectation and agreement. Okay, thank you, Carl. Okay. I'd love to pass it to the lovely Cindy. I learned from this course that I don't like to hold on to junk. I like to be organized. And I was happy for the opportunity to have this assignment, one of the very first lessons. And I said, good. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to get motivated because this is our assignment. I'm going to get rid of some more stuff. So when I came into this class, I always thought that I was an explorer but by the things that I said at the beginning of the class or in the call, that I was more of an analyzer. And I always thought, like, Rich, I was more of an explorer. Hmm. You discovered you're more of an analyzer. You can see that's one of your patterns. And so now that you know it's a pattern, you can actually make I want to be more of a self-explorer. I want to, kind of like we talked about, just letting things happen, exploring what's going on around me, being, becoming more aware. Becoming um, more aware. Raising my awareness. Perfect. Just the love that this group has, I mean, that's something that I really, really needed in my life. I need friends like this more than anything else, and a great mother, which i so close to. I'm grateful for that, too, and grateful for how far I've come. I'm starting to see the, the silver lining in things more than I used to, and that's a lot to do with this class and the people who are kind enough to listen to my stories and offer me perspectives, and I learn from you guys. So that my biggest aha is learning and wisdom from you guys. So. Thank you, Chris. Because we're all paddling a different boat, but we're all going up the same river, right? What I'm really hearing more and more of from you, Chris, is that you're learning to just allow yourself to be. Yes, you and I both know I can be as stubborn as a mule. <laughs> That's something I'm learning to stop doing because I don't need to be stubborn all the time. 
I, there are people who do know more than me, um, and that's why I'm in this class. Perfect. My aha moment is the knowledge that gained from just being a part of this higher vibrational class, and that's what I call this. We're all vibrating at a higher level now that we've opened up our little boxes. I had so many Pandora's boxes that I had closed off that I never wanted to open again. But as time went on through this class, I opened each and every one of them and realized, why did I ever shut them off in the first place? So the biggest aha was opening up my mind and realizing that I have some more fine-tuning to do, even at my age. So I just want to thank each and every one of you that has brought me along this journey of reprogramming my mind. I just want to thank each and every one for what you brought to this. Okay, thank you so much, Carl, for your thoughts here and your aha. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.